a Radio 191 FM podcast. You're tuned in to the R1 News, your stop for news and current affairs on the airwaves. 11 to 12 weekdays here on Radio 191 FM. Te reo irirangi kōtahi. You are listening to the R1 News here on Radio 191 FM. The time is currently five minutes past 11. Today is Monday the 8th of August. Ko Eileen Aho. Coming up on the show Itenera, we will have the headlines and weather. Uh, we speak to Carmen Bachelor, Director of Family Works at Presbyterian Support. Food banks and support services are under immense pressure currently due to a combination of the COVID-19 pandemic and the cost of living crisis. Um, cost of living payments began their first instalment last Monday. We'll find out how much that's helping people. And Critic Te editor Fox Meyer comes in for a very special issue of uh, Critic Corridor, speaking about the fascinating history of mince pies in America. Uh, we'll have an extended chat about that. First up, though, here is Woody Donner with Dream of Me on R1 News.
R1 News Headlines. You're listening to R1 News on Radio 191 FM. These are your top headlines for Rahina, August 8th. Dunedin is the top city in New Zealand for MDMA usage. Wastewater testing found an estimated 538 milligrams of MDMA per 1,000 per people per day in the south, compared to the national average of 300 milligrams. The stimulant is a popular party drug, which creates feelings of euphoria and increased empathy in users. New Zealand has won a total of 19 gold medals at the Commonwealth Games, with that number possibly set to increase. It is Aotearoa's most successful Commonwealth Games ever. The Games, held in Birmingham, will wrap up on August 8th local time, August 9th here. Snow closed several Otago highways this morning as a chilly week sets in. The Northern Motorway reopened at approximately 7.30 this morning, though caution is still needed due to icy conditions. Parts of State Highway 8 and State Highway 85 in Otago and South Canterbury remain closed. And those were the R1 News headlines. Now, the weather. The R1 News weather. It's sunny and warm in Ōtipoti i tēnei rā, but expect cloud and sleety showers with a high of 6 and a low of 4. Ā-pōpō, it's set to be clear and sunny with a high of 6 and low of 1 with northeasterly winds. That was the R1 News Headlines. Catch up at r1.co.nz forward slash news or find us at Radio 191 FM on Twitter or R1 News NZ on Instagram and tune in to R1 News at 11am on weekdays. 
Coming up on the programme, we speak to Presbyterian support Otago on the cost of living crisis as food banks and support services are called upon more than usual. First up, here is Hazari with Foundation Slab on R1 News.
that I'm talking with an echo. But I keep waiting up, waiting all night, waiting up, waiting all night, waiting up, waiting all night, waiting up. I'm packing you up tomorrow, throwing it all away. I'll be selling it all for nothing. Don't wanna leave behind, leave behind. are listening to R1 News. The time is 11.20am. Food banks and community support services around Aotearoa are under the pump as the impact of of the COVID-19 pandemic and a cost of living crisis are felt by more and more New Zealanders. According to the ODT, major food banks in Dunedin have all reported an increase in demands for their services. Now, with the first instalment of the government's cost of living payments having been received by more than 2 million New Zealanders, the question remains, has this burden shown any sign of easing? Joining me now on the phone to discuss this is Carmen Batchelor, Director of Family Works at Presbyterian Support Otago. Kia ora, Carmen. Thank you for joining us. Kia ora. Thank you. Firstly, can you uh, outline what kind of support Presbyterian Support can offer people, just to give an idea of the scope of your work? 
Sure. So we work across the lifespan. Obviously, the things that we're well known for is our food bank um, here in Dunedin. We also have social work support, which includes advocacy around housing, um, ensuring that people have plans in place to support them and their families. We also have a financial mentoring service, um, which is supporting people with short-term and long-term financial crises and um, budget support um, and advice. We also do microfinance, which is good for ethical, affordable lending loans for essential items. And we also run a youth development, alternative education, youth mental health with our Youth Grow program and also at Stepping Stones, which is a supportive community for adults with longer, ter- you know, experiencing longer term mental health challenges. So it very much is a wraparound across, across the lifespan from little E's right through to older people. Right. And has Presbyterian support seen this increased demand for food bank and other support services um, with the cost of living crisis? And what does this look like materially? What's the support that you're seeing people need? Yes, um, a huge increase. So just in the last 12 months, um, we've had an unprecedented um, increase in food support. So just to kind of give you a bit of a context for that, probably um, you know about eight, nine months ago, we were averaging about 63 food parcels a week. It's now between 120 and 130. We've also had a 231% increase in crisis financial mentoring budget advice sessions just in this last financial year. COVID has just added another layer to that in terms of people struggling with basic um, living costs and inadequate income. So whether that's through uh, benefit or um, low income in terms of part-time working or full-time working. And Presbyterian Support is a charitable trust. You're not a government entity. What are the limitations of the support you can offer? Are those limits being pushed? Absolutely. So if you, you know, use food as an example, the, the whole point of, um, you know, the food banks and, and where it all got kind of started 30 odd years ago was that back then it was about, you know, food for an emergency situation. So you might have had an unexpected cost like a car bill, you know, we can help you with food for the week. Um, it was never meant to be seen as a long term kind of fix. But now what we're seeing continuously and particularly since COVID is people simply do not have enough money to live. And so now they, they need that um, food support. But also the other big impact that we're seeing is the increasing cost of food prices, petrol prices, electricity um, costs as well. So we're seeing a huge upsurge in people actually accessing. We have a, access to a um, Dunedin Electricity Fund and people's power bills are kind of averaging anywhere between 450 and 550 So, again, um, huge pressure on actually making sure that we're giving that support to people. Um, but, you know, it's, yeah, as you said, we're a charity, so we rely significantly on donations and grants and, and some government funding um, for some of our other core services like social work um, and financial mentoring. Mm. Now, the first instalment of the cost of living payment was made last week to over Mm -hmm. 2 million New Zealanders, um, those earning less than 70,000 a year who don't already receive uh, a benefit or the winter energy payment, um, around $116 deposited into their bank accounts, the first of three payments. It's only been a week, but have you seen this making a substantial difference for people? Um, Not at all. Really, it's a drop in the bucket, you know, when you think about you know, the fact that food prices are up 7.9% just in this last 12 months. People are struggling to keep warm um, because the power costs are off the charts and petrol, you know, is, is 
horrendous as well. Really, it's it's very much um, a drop in the ocean, you know. So you've got an extra $116 to maybe put a bit of, um, you know, a bit more food, buy a bit more food, get a bit more petrol in the car, but it's not the long-term solution. The long-term solution is actually addressing, you know, the recommendations out of Welfare Expert Advisory Group, like raising the accommodation supplement for housing costs, you know, re-looking at the student loan threshold repayments, you know, uh, they're, you know, currently 12% if you're on, you know, earning more than 21k a year, which we know is really low. Um, so there needs to be a long-term commitment and sustainable fix for people that are financially struggling, which is a lot of you know, New Zealand, and I think about students specifically and the income thresholds for under 25s, you know, it's really antiquated to be relying on parental income. Um, you know, that's been in place for 30 odd years. And so, you know, make it, actually addressing real long term policy solutions that will make a difference, not just a here's $116, you know, for over the next three months. Mm. Thank you so much for your time today, Carmen. We really appreciate it. Thanks very much. That was Carmen Batchelor, Director of Family Works at Presbyterian Support Otago, on the cost of living crisis as it's being seen at food banks and support services. Coming up, we speak to critic editor Fox Meyer on this week's international issue. Uh, first up, here is Fidimako Black with Marikol.
You are listening to R1 News. That was Firimako Black with Mariko. The time is 11.32 and I'm joined in studio now by Critic Te Arati editor Fox Meyer for Critic Korero on the international edition this week. Kia ora, Fox. Kia ora, good morning. How's it going? Great. This is a wonderful issue. Um, can you get into the top news headlines for yeah. us first? Yeah, we can talk about the news in it. Um, this was a, it was a great issue filled with lots of, you know, contentious struggles facing internationals in the country, and, and we'll get into those. The most important thing in here is our discussion of mince pies. Yes. Course, which we'll get into. We will. But um, in the news this week, we had a piece about students that took all of our Minion Daddy centerfolds and used them to plaster his wall. Yep. Hilarious. Um, yes. We had a discussion of the fact that the inequality in Aotearoa panel at, at the university was all Pakeha, which raised some ire and some discussion. Mm. Um, I believe that will be changing. We'll see this week. Um, we've got news about international students being put in sort of weird, more expensive complexes than they normally would. And news about uh, students being upset over a lack of lecture recordings. And there was sort of a discussion of how, you know, Otago doesn't have a mandate mandating recordings or lectures to be recorded. And this leads to situations where different courses provide different materials to their students. And mm. this is sort of just an example of what can happen if there isn't a rule about this. And I expect more of these stories to pop up until that rule is eventually made. For sure. Mm. Um, fascinating. News. We mm. like news. We like news. No, we like more than news is mince pies. Yes. Um, and you've done the most fascinating investigation into the history of mince meat, mince meat pies, yes. meat Beef mints. Yes. Pies in um, America, which I find fascinating. My mother is American, and whilst I like a, a fruit pie, or she made pumpkin pie once, and I keep begging her to make it again because it was really good, um, Americans don't really do meat pies. And no. I was under the impression that this was like a, a forever thing. Same. I, I, you know, I had the same question of, you know, why doesn't America have mince pies? And this all sort of started with a Google on that, and the first result. On, on that, it was just immediately insane. Like, this story <laughs> is unhinged from the 1600s until now. Like, it, it started crazy and it just got crazier. And mince pies being this unassuming little thing. Like, if, whoever's listening, if you like mince pies, focus it because this story is whack. It is crazy. It is, it is genuinely mad. As a huge fan of the $2 mince pies at Campus Shop, 
I was I was in awe. So please fill us in. Give us the give us the rundown. Well, the rundown. It, America did have mince mince pie. And, and, you know, mince pie. You know, we think of it as the Christmas fruit one. We think of it as the mince one. It all sort of started in the same place back in Europe when it was like literally any animal you could find, you'd just take it and put it in this pie. And it used to be this like giant table sized dish that. You didn't even eat the crust of because it was like a, a can before they had cans. They would just like put stuff in a pie and like unscrew it and like scoop out a couple morsels of rat or blackbird or whatever the heck it was. <laughs> and then like seal it back up again, which is disgusting. Um, and then somehow that became like religiously affiliated and like Jesus got involved. And then the Puritans, because Puritans hate fun, like banned that. They were like, no, you can't celebrate idols. They called it idolatry in a crust, which is metal when you think about it. Um Crust punk, some might say. Crust punk, yes. Quite literally. Oh, man, I missed that pun. Um, (laughs) So they they bring these pies to the States, and, you know, people are making their, like, Jesus pies or whatever, which are still gross. And the Puritans ban it. They're like, no, you can't celebrate Jesus with pie, man. That's not cool. And then they were like, no, but we want to. So they, you know, Thanksgiving came along, and they were like, oh, loophole. We can have our mince pies on Thanksgiving. And Puritans can't touch that. So eventually, you know, mince pie starts coming back, and people really loved it. They said it's like the American classic pies the monarch of all pies is the mince pie and then somehow they became incredibly alcoholic like ridiculous like 14 percent of the pie was just booze that's it's like a meat trifle yeah like you if, if you ate a pie it would be like you just drank half a bottle of spirits they were just hammered 24 7 on pie and th- people also agreed like everyone agreed that for some reason Mince pies gave you nightmares, like crazy nightmares. Like people would have these bizarre night terrors because of pie, some of them sometimes leading to murder. Like there are murders in the Chicago Tribune. It wrote about people that have like killed people because of their crazy pie dreams, which is nuts. You know, so like like that's insane. Or maybe it's because of all the booze that was in those pies. Probably a bit of both. There, there's a quote here from uh, the 1886 in the Topeka Citizen. They called mince pie unquestionably the most reliable nightmare hatcher ever invented. And they described how one plain, innocent-looking mince pie will fin- furnish enough nightmares to go around three or four times. I... It, it, what? It's making like, me think of like the Salem witch trials, and didn't they? Yes, they, didn't they end up deciding that was because of bread. Like, uh, no, no, no. The, the, the ergot poisoning thing has been debunked. There's, oh, okay. there's a lot of. I'm really into the Salem witch trials right now. And <laughs> very, very conveniently, that's also like the height of the first American mince pie fervor. So you can bet those people were not on board with mince pies because they're Puritans. You know, they'd be oh like, "No, gosh. you can't worship Jesus like that." Whatever. But Puritans also they they liked booze, which was you know they got one thing right, but. No, it's crazy. And, like, the second sort of wave of mince pie attacks or, like, attacks on mince pie came from uh, prohibition in the U.S. Like, prohibition's, like, first priority was, you know, let's ban booze. But, like, literally the number two thing on their hit list was mince pies. They were banned. There was, like, a loophole that got through where, like, you could cook with alcohol suddenly. So then people Uh were like, let's just put all the booze in the pies, yeah. which are now, you know, like commercially produced. It's not like in a kitchen anymore. It's in like a factory. So you don't know what's in there. You just know that it's it's filled with booze. So people are buying these like canned pies, which is gross. And again, like pies were originally meant to be a can and now they're in a can. So it's kind of meta, but now they're also like 
like 14% alcohol, which is insane. And like, you'd give it to your kids. It's like um, a new idea for an RTD if we've got any young entrepreneurs listening. Yeah, solid <laughs> RTD. Like <laughs> RTE? <laughs> Maybe? I don't know. But it, it, it's nuts. Like, they're, they're, they were so indigestible and bad for you. There's a story that didn't make it into the article about this sailor who was crossing the Atlantic and he ate like two mince pies, like big ones, like kind of snuck into the brig or like ate them and he died. He just, he just never woke up. It killed him. And then they, the other sailors said that they were so dense that when it came time to bury this dude at sea, he was so heavy that they didn't even have to weigh his body down. They just threw him over and he just sunk like straight away because he had all this pie in his stomach. Oh my God. It's crazy. It like <laughs> calcified and killed him. It's nuts. It, the whole story is crazy. And then pies were like – everyone loved pies. That, like the newspaper articles about them are, are, are insane. Mm. Up until like the 1950s, then they just like vanished. They're just gone. And I think I think the explanation for this is that World War II comes along and they ration meat. So they take the mince meat out of mince pies and you're just kind of left with the fruit ones that we now eat on Christmas. Mm. And my theory here is that by this point, mince pies have been like stripped of their booze. They're in a can. They don't even have meat anymore, so people kind of just forget about them, and they're like, yeah, whatever, we like pumpkin pie now, I guess. But, you know, lest we forget that apparently the extremely alcoholic mince pie tradition is just as American as, I don't know, racism or something else that's a stalwart of American culture. Like, it, it's right up there. Like, people loved them, and we should we should bring it back. I want a 14% alcohol pie. I want to be able to buy that in the supermarket. And truly, one of the biggest things I hear Americans say when they come to New Zealand or Australia or the UK is how much they like meat pies. Yeah, they're great. Like They're super convenient. Yeah. But what if they also got you hammered? Yeah. Like, that me, could be a problem. You know, I, I'm seeing, like, a, a cool cultural exchange here because I personally would like if I could buy, like, a hand-sized pumpkin pie. I think that's just a tart. Oh no! You know, then we get into the pie tart debate. I don't. I don't mm. want to open that door. I've opened that door in the research for this. It, it's not easily answered. <laughs> but the reason I think American mince pies were alcoholic and the other ones weren't is just because you got the Midwest, which is, which is full of corn. They didn't know what to do with it besides turning it into whiskey. So they, they just put it in booze and put that in the pie. America, pie-eyed, beautiful. Mm. Um. Lastly, mm. tell us about the art in this issue, specifically on this story. Yes. It's so intriguing. I look at it and I keep seeing new things. So the the art for this piece is this full page illustration of what looks like two like demons, like Satan is like eating this pie in like a steamy bar. Um, we're trialing this for two issues from now. We want to do the whole issue designed by an artificial intelligence bot. We're like feeding it these prompts and it's spitting out these weird like psychedelic illustrations. And we're having our art team go over those illustrations with their own style. So we want to do that for a whole issue, and we trialed it this week with the pie one. So I think the prompt of it was like Puritan settlers sharing a mince pie and a whiskey with the devil in a bar. And I think this is what it gave us, and it's yeah. super strange. Um, but it, it worked well. I'm looking forward to having the whole issue be AI, and then, you know, I can just not work as hard on the art stuff. Just give it to a computer. <laughs> it's very cool. It's the way of the future, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your shocking amount of expertise on um, the American history of mince pies. Anytime. Um, fascinated. And now you've got that knowledge forever and ever. Mm. And uh, the piety that comes with it. Nice. Piety. <laughs> nice. Nice. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, Fox. Um, this has been R1 News on Radio 191 FM. Wrapping up now, we've got Crispy and the Pooch with Don't Play Yourself. <laughs> Thank you.
Not for maybe we could see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you think this could be something, come and fall into my dream. You know it's all I ever wanted. To live a life I love to lead. Mm-hmm. Chasing stars amongst the comets. Molding my destiny. Don't play yourself in this world. It's okay to stay.
This was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.